What is up, everybody? It is Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show and the Aftershocks podcast. And I just wanted to remind you that if you are a podcast listener to the Classic Metal Show or Aftershocks or the Shockwave Skull Sessions, which you all should be, you can now get all three in one location. That's right, one location. It is on the CMS Podcast Network. That's right. Just go to anchor.fm slash CMSPN, as in CMS Podcast Network. Just go there. Make sure you subscribe. No matter which platform you're using, there's links to all of them there, whether it's Apple or Pocket Casts or Breaker or CastBox or whatever. Whatever you use, it is there. So get yourself subscribed to the CMS Podcast Network, and you will get three, I mean three, great shows all in one location. So do it today. Subscribe to the CMS Podcast Network. That is anchor.fm slash CMSPN. Do it! So let's welcome our next guest here, Mr. Greg Sion. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, you guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Thanks for coming on, man. Um, you know, when I was sort of preparing you know, to do this interview, it was really tough, Greg, to try to narrow down really what to talk to you about tonight, man, because you've been a part of so many bands that I'm a fan of, you know, big fan of. Uh, and obviously, we don't. We wish we had about two hours at least here to talk to you about all the stuff you've been involved with, man. But uh, but what we'll do is we'll start out with your most recent band that you've been with, uh, the Band of Gold with the legendary Caius frontman John Garcia and his third solo record, man. What a great record that is, man. We're both huge fans of that of that record. Just, you know, uh, obviously, John, just his over the years and yours as well. And uh, so I guess just to start things off here, why don't you just tell us a bit about uh, what's going on with the band, if anything at all? Because I do remember reading that you guys really, you guys really enjoy each other's company. From what I read, so much that you wouldn't be able to function if you guys were emailing recorded tracks back and forth with you. I mean, has that now obviously changed a bit because of you really have no other choice? Or um, and is there anything in the pipelines? Or are you guys just sort of waiting until live music returns before you sort of get the ball rolling again? You know, we're we're waiting for live music to return. Okay. I mean, we're always writing. And we're all good buddies. And that's part of the reason why we go out and do this as well. You know, I mean, sure. John, John could have many, many people in his band, but he picked, he picked some guys that, that all got along. So whether we're doing stuff or not, we're hanging out, we're communicating and, and writing music. And, you know, when John says go and then we go, but mm-hmm. you know, John just bought a little fishing boat and, He's uh he's having a good time with this whole hiatus. I don't think he's too worried right now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but we yeah. did I just today I, I uh got an email from John. We've got an announcement coming out tomorrow. Uh cool. some stuff going on next year over in Europe. Right, and uh, uh there'll be some uh cool bands. I can't say because it's sure. a, uh, officially announced tomorrow, but yeah. I was stoked to see that. And, yeah. uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it, it's fun. It's yeah. fun to, to jam with John and continue the Caius legacy that people really want to hear. You sure. Know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm stoked that you guys love the record. Um, oh, yeah. 
yeah. That that was a no pressure thing. Um, you know, John wanted to make a simple rock record, and we all wanted to get on board with that. Didn't want to reinvent the wheel in the stoner rock world, or you know, create this epic thing. Uh, we we just wanted to keep it simple, get out on the road, and ended up making a, 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 a if I may say so myself, a, a fine rock record. Chris Goss mixed it and made it sound uh, made it sound cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's more just a little than fine. I'll be honest with you. It's really awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, um, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying yeah. to be, you know. I know you. I know. No need to be gracious, Dad. Cool. cool. Um, I like it. I mean, uh, <laughs> speaking of John, man, I mean, it, it seems like, you know, his voice, man, to me, it just gets better and better as he ages. I mean, especially when you see him live. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm actually more of a fan of his voice now than I was when he was with Caius because with Caius, it was a little. His voice was sort of in the background, you know. It, was, it wasn't really too high in the mix um, as it was when he started doing his own, you know, his own uh, projects. Uh, the only thing that first, you know, frustrates me with him is sort of like you said right here. Over the course of his career, he's so unpredictable in terms of when he's going to release new music, and more importantly, who he's going to do it with. I mean, he's got so right. many different projects; it's like unpredictable what he's going to do next. Which I guess at the same time, it's kind of cool and fun to not know what he's going to do to be surprised. Um, but like, you know, like we were saying before, I mean, it, there's no reinventing the wheel. I mean, whether all his projects, whether it's Unita, I mean, Slowburn, Hermano, Vistachino, or obviously the stuff now you guys are doing with the Band of Gold, none of it really strays too far from that desert rock sound that he and obviously Caius created back in the early 90s that became such a, you know, a global uh, phenomenon. It does seem, though, that with the four of you, it feels like, you know, this isn't just now another project. I, I sort of get a sense that he can do, you know, what he wants creatively with the, you know, the rest of you guys with the band of gold. Um, and like I said, it seems like you guys are really tight on a, on a personal level as well. So do you think, in your opinion, you think he's finally settled down now doing his solo stuff with, you know, the four of you and thus maybe there's no need to go back to those other projects any longer. What do you think about that? I, I, I believe so. I mean, of, of course, rock and roll always calls and opportunities come up and and sometimes the need to please the fans will outweigh everything as for now i know he's uh happy with just his solo band mm-hmm. i know this because a lot of times when we tour and and we'll be in on interviews and he gets asked uh what his plans are uh, and it's kind of funny because we're sitting there as John Garcia and the band of gold and they're saying, well, what are your plans? And I can see the look on his face. Like, well, this is, this is my plan. This <laughs> yeah. is what I'm doing. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. If they would just get to the question and say, when are you going to get Caius back together? You know, yeah, right? so this is beat around the bush. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm sure that's very frustrating uh, uh, for him, but sure. uh, uh, and now I'm straying away and forgot the darn question. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, just basically, I just want to I mean, in your opinion, yeah, do you think that he he's now really happy with with just the band of gold and what you guys are doing? Where he might not have to worry about doing any of the projects, like you said, he's just going to stick to his solo, probably. Right? I, I think Hopefully. so. You know, yeah. um, uh, I know Josh Shami did an interview a few months back and he was questioned and pressed about a Caius reunion where he didn't actually shut the door on it. Mm-hmm. So then right away, uh, you know, people are asking, asking sure. me or asking everyone around town what's going on with that. Um, 
we just kind of sit back and wait to hear uh, what happens. And Got it. Okay. nothing happened. Haven't heard anything. Uh, and when he does turn down projects, uh, I know there's always promoters want to get Vistachino out there. Mm-hmm. And any form of the old Caius guys, Nick Brandt, Right. Sure. Uh, even Scott Reader and, and, and mm-hmm. Alfredo, uh, those guys, they've, they've got this built in thing going that true they can run with. Um, but the ultimate, you know, it's like rungs on a ladder, you know, they want to sure. get to the top and, and sure. that being a Caius reunion or Queens mm-hmm. of the Stone Age, you know, but sure. I think he's happy where he's at. And, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was to go take on one of those bigger projects and we would all support him because uh sure. Sure. you know the more he does with the classics come back to the solo thing then that much for more fire you know sure. right it's all uh, relative yeah you know the 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 interesting thing though greg is the more talk about that stuff i i actually think creates the less interest in it just because, just because the, you know, the more you talk about anything and it doesn't happen, it, it just kind of, it's defeatist where I think if people, people pay attention to what he's been doing, I'll say since 2013, you know, since right after Vista Chino, the records have been very diverse and very different. I mean, just even, even the band of gold record that, that, that you did compared to the coyotes record that he did it before it. That could be two totally different guys, both named John Garcia, and you you almost wouldn't know because sure. one's very acoustic and one is, you know, obviously a band type of a thing. For you personally, as a member of the band, are you kind of, you know, do you wish that people would just stop and just stop asking the question until if, believe me, everybody will know if Caius decides to get back together in whatever form. Everybody will know. So for you as, as a musician that's making great music with him right now, is it frustrating that that, that pipe dream of something that may never happen is always the first question in people's mind? It, it, for a while, it may have been, um, I'll I'll admit, but you got to remember, you know, a solo act is, um, it's, a little harder to push, you know, when you've got a mammoth thing behind you like Caius. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a music fan, I know if I go to see uh, the Vince Neil solo band, uh, you know, I want to hear Too Fast for Love and, and right. I, I want to hear, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I want to hear the Motley Crue classics. And so you can't get frustrated about it because every time we, uh, do a Caius song or do two thirds of a Caius set. There's nothing but smiles and tears and vocals and screaming. And at the end of the day, we're, we're not there to sell a product. It'd be nice to sell right. our songs, mm-hmm. but like having that behind you, then right. you know what you got to do. You got to perform it and respect it and do it the way they want to hear it. And, right. And sure. uh, that's, Kind of right. my vibe on it, you know. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Greg, talk a little bit about your career because anybody that's familiar with your career and 
the first question is, is how did you end up in this desert rock band? Because that's just not what you're known for at all. Yeah. So how did you, you know, get, get here from your, from your career, which has been a very different path. It's, I moved to the desert in 1999. Okay. Uh, uh, did I say nine three times? I, I moved here in 99. <laughs> <laughs> and I was uh, going to start a band or going to join a band with Jay Younger from White Zombie. Okay. Uh, that was how that happened. I was living in the Bay Area, and my brother-in-law at the time, who I was in a band with in the 90s, was living in the desert. And uh, he got word from Tony Tornay, who is the drummer for Fatso Jetson, mm-hmm. uh, legend legend yeah. rock uh, desert rock band totally. sure. um they worked together tony told dave that jay was looking for a drummer uh, i ended up moving out here and uh we went out to la for about three or four months and uh, jammed with jay it didn't work out and then here i was in the desert and i started seeking out uh people to play with Okay. And I was lucky. I met Arthur C. from Unita. Uh, mm-hmm. I met my my good buddy uh, Mike Pygmy, who plays in Band of Gold. Um, mm-hmm. And I was out here almost a year. Then I got a call to join the Dwarves, the audition for the Dwarves. Okay. So I I was up in the Bay Area. I come out here. The the J thing didn't work out, and I fell in love with the desert in the process. I came out here kicking and screaming. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, my wife at the time, she wanted to move here and well, I was in the Bay Area. I was in heaven. So, right. uh, mm-hmm. but <laughs> fell in love with the desert. I went desert and 20 years. I've met some cool people, some key people and, uh, you know, the John thing uh, was through my bandmate, Mike Pygmy, the bass player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got hooked up and called me up and told me, you're going to come in and audition. Uh, it, it's going to be fun. It was right after John made his first solo record. Okay. okay. And uh, that's how I got hooked up with John. I went in and played Green Machine. And okay. uh, nice. Waited a couple of weeks and John called and said, let's go on the road nice. <laughs> in a bus. Very cool. Nice. <laughs> I had never, I had never toured on a bus before. So really? Oh, like, wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> bus. Nice. Yeah. It was awesome. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> it, it, it's really, it's, it's really amazing how simple it sounds. You know, people think that it's like this big thing and you're like, yeah, I got a call and then I'm on the road. You know, it just sounds so simple. <laughs> I've been very fortunate. I mean, I don't know why I've always worked a job in between going on the road. And, uh, you know, there was a time in the nineties when I really wanted to do it full time, but reality hits and, you know, if you want to do it and love it, you, you can't, you can't expect too much from it. You know? Sure. That, that's it. Take what you can get. And so I, I, I've just been fortunate and with, with the dwarves to go out with those guys and John and, Mm-hmm. Uh, but the desert thing, yeah. Um, just meeting the right people and right. being there at the right time and uh, not being difficult, 
you know, mm-hmm. or, you know sure. uh, and respecting it. The Caius fans won't put up with no BS, you know, you got to play it right. Sure. And you got to play it like the record. And that's uh, that can be a challenge sometimes, but it's fun. The end result. No, definitely. Definitely. Well, Greg, man, let's, let's, let's talk a bit about where you started out, where everything started for you. And that would be obviously um, with the immensely, as I said earlier, underrated crossover, you know, hardcore thrash band, Excel, Uh, you know, who along with with bands like suicidal and Beowulf cryptic slaughter, you know, you guys all made up that core of that LA Venice scene, in the mid to late 90s, uh, mid eight, excuse me, mid to late 80s. And I mean, I guess I could talk about, you know, that band forever, man. I'm a huge fan, but, you know, I mean, to me, Split Image, the joke is on you, just great records. But see, Thanks. Mike, you know, the momentum for Excel sort of just stopped right after, you know, Adam Siegel, the guitarist, joined Infectious Grooves there in the early 90s. Was that the reason why the band sort of just sort of fell off the wayside? I mean, did, did Infectious Grooves essentially take him away from ha- being able to commit? full time to the band or were you guys just sort of just done with that at the time? Because I, like I said, the jokes on you, I mean, I think that is one of the most underrated, you know, crossover albums that no one talks about, but everyone should listen to in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. We had fun making those records. Um, and, uh, as far as, you know, in a nutshell, Mike came in, helped us a lot, mm-hmm. started infectious grooves, Mm-hmm. And you can't blame him for wanting uh, uh, the best guitarist, and he wanted Adam. He was really so, good at him, yeah. uh, in my in my mind at the time, it was an even exchange. Mike's mm-hmm. going to help us out. Okay. Uh, Mike's going to help us get a deal with, um, you know, at the time they were with uh, CBS Epic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, when Robert Trujillo was in suicidal at the time, sure. he was, he was, they were all behind us. Uh, for some reason or another, the, uh, the, the guys didn't want to go that route. Mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to. And, um, eventually it came up to where Mike just said to Adam, you know, well, if you want to do something on your own, I'll help you out with that too. Adam came to me and said, do you want to start a band outside of Excel? Cause I might be leaving mm-hmm. and me being a hired gun drum slut. I said, yeah, I'll go with you, man. I'll go with you. I, 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 plus you, you got to realize at the time it was 1990, 91, 92, you know, I had heard Rollins Band, I had heard Bad Motor Finger, and I wanted to go in that direction. Okay. I wanted some angst and some sludge, mm. and Alternative was big, and the, the, some the, some of the hard bands, the Thrash uh, and uh, the Morbid Angels, and all, all those guys were advancing so fast at mm. musically, Slayer and everybody who uh, who. As a, by the way, I auditioned for Slayer at one point when oh, I was wow. in okay. Excel. Right. But um, you know that's that's what happened, uh, and we just told Dan and Sean, with all due respect, let's go with Mike, and they didn't want to, so Got we it. did start okay. our own band. Yeah. Well, let's before we talk about the band because I want to talk about that band. Um, 
I just want to just real quick going back to Excel. Obviously, one of the things um, that people sort of Excel um, is, you know, the the song tapping into the emotional void. And that was a song that obviously garnered a ton of notoriety because of its similarities to Enter Sandman. Sure. And thus, of course, Kirk Hammett, you know, was accused by many, including, you know, his arch nemesis there, Dave Mustaine, of borrowing heavily from that song. And when you listen to it, you could definitely hear the similarities. There's no doubt. I mean, did you guys ever, because I did remember reading that, you know, the band was looking to possibly, like, you know, take legal action or anything. Did that ever, was that ever a serious thing or was that just sort of a silly rumor that went around? You know, that got bounced around years, years later when we all got old and broke and started thinking about, (laughs) hey, man. Right, men at work had to pay out, you know, maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh-huh. at the time, no, we, we didn't want to do that. We, okay. uh, we were too, too punk and okay. too in debt to Metallica being such a huge influence on the band. Uh, honestly, I, I wouldn't have noticed had, had somebody, you know, not pointed it out to me. And uh, unfortunately, our manager at the time did a piece in the L.A. Times about it, right? Mm, which is kind of passive aggressive way of saying, well, you know, they could sue, but they're not going to. Right. But boy, what an interest is sparking in the band. You sure. know, and it, yeah. they kind of used it as a try to get the labels to come after us. Yeah. Okay. I think it backfired. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think we became a bruised banana that was potentially going to take on the Metallica monster. Gotcha. And <laughs> that was another reason. It's like, what? Everybody sure. around us is getting signed and nobody's touching us. You know, what's going mm-hmm. on? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you know, but to this day, I'll be out with Garcia. And I'll meet people that I'll be working with for about a month. And then three days later, they'll come up and go, what do you were in Excel? Dude, mm. I'm a skater and I mm. used to skate to your band and wow. Nice. Yeah. And uh, all over South America, everywhere. The wow. love from Excel is incredible. Right. Yeah. I can imagine. Let's talk real quick about that band. You said when you and uh, Adam left to start, when you went with, um, you know, after, uh, you know, after Excel, you guys did your own three-piece band with My Head. And it's my great. Head, yeah. I, yeah. And I remember, it, and like you said, it had more of that alternative grunge, you know, type of sound that was real big at the time. And I, rem- I remember buying that CD. It was, it was the promo version of it. It was like in the 99 cent, you know, bin or whatever it was. It was, it was one of those gems I found, you know, in the 99 cent bin because I knew you guys were in the band. And it, it, dude, it's, it's such a really awesome album. Another great, you know, band that you were in that really didn't really, um, that's sort of got overlooked. Uh, and you guys were on Capitol yeah. Records. I mean, you were on a major label. Everything was going well for the band. And then all of a sudden, she never heard of anything from them again. Um, and yeah. it looked like it's, and to me, I don't know if it, it, it was it the, the reason why you guys, you know, kind of, I guess, disbanded or just didn't take any further. What did it have anything to do with the fact that, you know, I know Adam, I mean, I, I don't even know what happened to him. You don't hear about him anymore. I know he kind of went into more of a, um, an indie rock sort of direction. Um, was it because he just sort of lost interest in that hard rock, you know, type of stuff or so just talk a bit about that, you know, that whole uh, project you guys did, you know, in hindsight, I think Adam was under a lot of pressure 
Okay. And, and that was a, a big reason why my hand ended. Plus, uh, uh, you know, we were supposed to be on Amaga Records initially. Okay. Uh, that was the label that Rollins was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they folded before our release came out. Okay. And our guy from Amago went to, went to Capitol and mm. took us with him. Oh, okay. So we got on Capitol through our A&R man, Matt Aberly, God bless him. But we were Matt's thing. Okay. Uh, Capitol was already busy with Everclear, mm. Marcy Playground, uh, Luscious Jackson. Right. Okay. And we just weren't breaking. We okay. didn't have a radio pop single. I think we fell more into the stoner fuzz thing. Yeah, totally. Being mm-hmm. in the early nineties before, yeah. you know, uh, but being on a major label, we were pressured to make hits. Mm-hmm. Couldn't, couldn't give capital an experimental grand funk railroad revisited which is what we really wanted to do you know but uh we had to go in a direction that you know we didn't expect to go in or at least adam plus adam being an incredible artist that was the direction that he decided to go in Mm -hmm. uh becoming a, a set designer that's what adam's doing now oh okay. Uh, okay he's uh in hollywood at least well not now with this COVID thing but mm-hmm. uh adam took his art with him and started a career doing that he, he's got a company with his wife oh very, oh. Cool. Uh, very cool adam went on to play with the eels right mm-hmm. yeah uh, play bass through the eels mm-hmm. had a pop california pop band called the blondes Okay. Uh, they put out a couple European releases, okay. and but yeah, now yeah, I talk to Adam from time to time. He has zero interest in doing <laughs> Excel. He turned down the offer to do uh, Infectious Screws reunion. Okay. He's just he's just happy happy doing his thing. Sure. sure. Cool. Yeah, that, that happens. Well, well, Greg, <laughs> I I wanted to ask you about, and and this could be bullshit for all I know. I you know I just happened to see it when I was getting ready to to talk to you tonight. Did you do some sort of vocals or backing vocals with Creator at one point? We did. Okay. Uh, our producer for the jokes on you, uh, Randy Burns. Okay. Who okay. Also did the first suicidal record sure. mm-hmm, yeah. uh, he was doing creator after us and i got a call from dan one day and he says hey randy called and he's got creator in the studio they want to hang out and uh they've got some pot and <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> let's go down let's go down back to the music grinder where we'd recorded our record and i was all in so we went down there recorded uh two backup vocal tracks two on two of their tracks okay uh, two songs okay. hung out with them got to know them see dan uh speaks fluent german okay so okay. that was another reason why dan was going to be there to help translate through the through the recording that day and i was just lucky enough to go to go along i, I think that was the first time i smoked pot with tobacco in it Okay. The European style. style. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I got this terrible tobacco head rush. (laughs) Then 
and there's four German guys going, oh, 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 oh. Like, what did they give me, man? Like, what, uh. what are these guys? It was a lot of fun. And yeah, to this day, I still get asked that. Or yeah, no. through it, it, social media, I get tagged in creator sometimes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It, it really is. It really is interesting that, you know, again, these days you're known for desert rock. You're probably the, de- the one desert rock guy that's, a, that's appeared on an, all time classic, you know, German thrash record. Extreme oh, aggression. Yeah. yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Classic, and it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Man. It's, yeah, it's, you, you, you never think who thought that that genre was going to mean so much these yeah. days. I'm so yeah. happy it does. Uh, a whole new generation. Absolutely. Picking up yeah, on man. Excel and creator records from the eighties. No doubt, man. Yeah. That's great. Well, hey. people should be picking up is the band of gold john garcia and the band of gold that record you know and not saying it just because you're on the on with us because i've been pimping that record for a year and a half trying well, to get thanks to, man awesome to, to hear it and it's, such a, <laughs> it's you know there's two reasons why i love it you know and and i know we need to wrap this up pretty quick but i love it one because it does have the it, it does find john reaching back to his roots but I love it most of all, and we sort of touched on this right before we brought you on. The production is beyond about anything that's out there. The production is so clean and so crisp. You can hear what you guys are doing. It has the fuzz, but it doesn't have so much fuzz that it sounds like it was recorded in a basement. You know, it, it wow. sounds really good, which makes it just a stellar record, man. I'm, I'm sure you guys had to be thrilled when you heard it the first time. You know, it was recorded uh, at our recording studio, our rehearsal studio up in uh, Yucca Valley and took a board in there. Uh, Robbie Waldman and Steve Feldman, uh, they recorded it, uh, brought their awesome microphones and their processors and all their stuff and plugged it in. Uh, recorded it there, mixed it, and then decided we wanted something more. Chris Goss's name came up right. and okay. mm-hmm. thought, let's throw it at Chris, see if he's available. He was. And, uh, and that, I think that's a big reason why it's got that sheen, that Masters of Reality grit, uh, something. Sure. Uh, and that classic sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know uh, uh, of all the records i made it's the most classic rock sounding i've ever done oh well right. okay. yeah everything else is thrash yeah punk. yeah <laughs> sure yeah well, well that, sure, then you throw uh, in you throw in your you throw in yawning man on top of that and you're really now even dialing it back a little less as well too you know yeah that was yeah i those guys needed a drummer their drummer wasn't available and that was a labor of love i I figure if I'm going to jam with desert guys, uh, shoot, you know, Mario Mario. being the Godfather and and John being the voice. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm pretty stoked with desert rock royalty. I I try to surround myself. I'm I'm with these guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't know me. I just, Uh, I'm with them. Yeah. All right, come on. Nice. But it's fun. Sure. Well, 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 Greg have, um, you know, I, I know the pandemic has just kind of fucked everybody up and you know, it, it's, it, it really sucks what it's done as far as killing the industry. 
you know, with this time off, have you guys even contemplated making any music yet? Or are you just going to wait it out or, or where are you guys at? Maybe not touring wise, but creatively. You know, we had a project that was thrown at us. Uh, we were going to do a video live performance outdoors, okay. uh, out in the open desert. Uh, but it seems right now there's a kind of, uh, a couple of those are, are coming out right now. One being a yawning man. Okay. Uh, and okay. there's another one that's coming out soon. Uh, earthless and nebula and oh, nice. project that Brent and Nick have, they're going to be, uh, a, a, a video, uh, mm-hmm. outdoor video. Sure. So we had that going, and now we're thinking, well, maybe we won't do that because okay. everybody's doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not everybody, not knocking it, but sure. that was kind of what we wanted to do. Uh, sure. We'll get other ideas going for a video type thing. And we want to record a record. We've got music, all of us write. Okay. Uh, but like I said, with this COVID thing, uh, we've just been kind of just playing phone tag and avoiding the whole, <laughs> like, all right, now's the time. I, I, honestly, we're kind of enjoying it. We're not freaking out. Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, we understand that things get postponed. So we're taking advantage of it because good, when nice. it rains, it pours. And when it hits, mm-hmm. we'll be We'll be, we'll be ready. Yeah. Just now there's so much going on out in the world. Right. Is it that important? Sure. Here I am getting deep. (laughs) It's all good. That's what this is all for. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We we, we, we definitely, we talk about it all the time. We just talk. (laughs) Right. Awesome, man. We talk good talk though. (laughs) Hell Yeah. Well, hey, Greg, now we really appreciate you coming on and talk. Like I said, I could, we could sit here forever and talk to you about all the stuff you've been involved with, man. So, um, definitely, uh, we look forward to, you know, obviously any, anything new you got coming, uh, up in the future with John Garcia and the band of gold. And, uh, yeah. And when you guys do, we'd definitely love to have you back on, talk more about it and talk more about your history, man. Cause you know, you got, you got quite the background there and, uh, you know, really impressive. And yeah, it was great talking to you and meeting you and, uh, you know, good luck with everything. And Hey, yeah. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I got lots more where that came from. So give me, <laughs> excellent. Give me awesome time. I'd love to come back. Awesome. Great. Appreciate All it. Right. All, All right, Greg, take care, bud. Have a good All one. Right. Take care. Thanks for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. For more news and information on the podcast, and be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com. For all comments and questions, please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com. <laughs>